Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple and Spotify and everywhere else. How many more should we list? I think we should go down the whole list. Well, I think Google Podcasts disbanded. Are they? So that's not well, Stitcher no definitely more. did. Yeah, Stitcher's dead. Stitcher's gone. I mean, I think we're on iHeartRadio, too. We're, we're everywhere. Yeah. You know what? If you're listening to us somewhere, uh, somewhere we haven't thought of, let us know. Reach out to us. Tweet us. Do some of that stuff. <laughs> and as always, make sure uh, you're up to date on the criteria. Yeah, we should throw it, that in. It, it's, it's a three three and a half page read. You should read it. I can't do that. It's quick. Quick, easy reading. Reading is terrible. No one should ever read, says the guy who writes for a newspaper. Reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> Miss those commercials. I still think of those. Uh, Dan, real quick at the beginning of the show, want to get this uh, out there for everybody. Unfortunate news hitting uh, the officiating community as the father of Big John McCarthy, the grandfather of uh, Judge Ron McCarthy, unfortunately passed away. Ron McCarthy uh, his, himself. Uh, so... Thoughts go out to the McCarthy family, uh, who I know is a big part of this sport and especially what we talk about. Yeah, our condolence out to out to the McCarthy family. Absolutely. Sad news. It is, it is. Uh, but moving on, uh, there's no easy segue from that. Moving on, we are going to spend basically the whole show talking about PFL. Yeah. Um, except for when we look ahead. But wait, what's up? What's before up? we get to PFL? Yeah, what do you want? I want to say one thing. I think it's it's big. It's big, and I wish we got to say it last week. As you know, I deal poker tournaments on the side. Yeah, okay. I was dealing a poker tournament, and a guy playing the tournament recognized me by voice. Sure. No, as, as dude, you get that like seven uh, times a day, right? I, I was floored. I, the pace of deal completely <laughs> got cut in half because I was just, I was like, I, I was in shock. And they recognized you because of the, because of being listeners of Be- the podcast. He's a listener of the show. He said he loves the show. His name's Ari. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Ari. Uh, awesome. Hope you're listening now and enjoying it. Ari, uh, my understanding is that I am your favorite host, and I thank you for that. <laughs> um, as That's the right call. It definitely is. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's so wild. Like, when Dan tells me, like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing poker, and somebody who listens to our show is, uh, he recognizes me. Look, I'm going to be frank here. Our podcast is very niche. We have a loyal audience and a very knowledgeable audience about the sport. We don't have a big audience. And I feel like we have like a decent idea of who at least a quarter of the people who listen to our show every week are. So that leaves not too many other people that we don't know who they are. Yeah, and and for us to see to encounter one in the wild, that that is something. That was really cool. Made my day. Even though I wasn't there, I was like, yo, that's I, 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 I basically still don't believe you. It happened. I there's like you. there's at least a, I, you know I trust you. You you have my trust, Dan. But it just sounds too unbelievable to the point I, where as much as I trust you, I'm not supposed to trust the information you've given me. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it's suspect. Okay, no, but, no, but that's wild. That's that's wild. And uh, hey, anyone else? If you're uh, if you're a listener of the show, and you are because you're hearing me right now, um, yeah, just just go find me. Sometimes I'm at Walmart. You know, I go to the movies. Uh, just be like, yo, outside judges. Speaking of movies, Napoleon's trash. Oh my god, Dan and I saw Napoleon the other day. It is terrible. It's really bad. Don't see it. Don't go. Do see not Napoleon. see it. 
oh my god i don't want to spend a lot of time on this no, but, it but doesn't I, deserve I just want to protect you guys yeah protect yourselves at all times don't go to see napoleon <laughs> don't see it at home either just do, do something else read a book about napoleon that's a better way to do it why not <laughs> uh <laughs> let's get to pfl though. pfl this was right. a major week for pfl they started off with uh, the little news that they they purchased their competition in bellator which is kind of wild um not unexpected at this point in the year we'd been hearing about it as early as april from that todd atkins guy who said it was a done deal seven months ago and then it certainly took a lot longer than a done deal um but i i think we have to talk at least a little bit about this what are your thoughts on kind of the new world order now behind the ufc especially in north america yeah so pfl the 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 distant second um to ufc a lot of talent over there now it's a good roster Uh, it is a lot of potential for good fights there, especially when I mean, I, I don't like how they separate things between, you know, I don't want I don't want them to go from, OK, we got PFL Challenger or is that what it's called? Or so something. so they have their what they broke down is five different quote unquote franchises. That's it. See, I don't, I, that's the one thing I don't like. Listen, I don't, it's a this is very much a corporate business. This is yeah. this is the most corporate version of mixed martial arts we have ever seen, especially at the top level. Like if we think the UFC under, you know, Endeavor, TKO, whatever you want to refer to them as mm-hmm. right now, if you thought that was buttoned up, I mean, good lord, wait until you get here. Like but that's my thing. I don't want this okay, this is, you know, PFL prevent pre- presents Bellator or, you know, PFL pay-per-view series Mm -hmm. and you know that's when we actually get the big fights that you know people want to see and and stuff like that they have it's called bellator what's it called bellator champions bellator international champion series that's what it's called or champions series something like that and essentially what that means is these are and it's going to be eight of them next year in 2024 that they're planning eight events around the globe sounds like mostly international cities but could be a couple you know maybe one or two here in the united states and they would more operate almost similarly it sounds like to the way pfl has done in the past where it's like it's just a regular event there's no you know season stakes fighters can wear whatever sponsors they want elbows are legal well, that they should be. They should be everywhere. But at least if you look, if you want your favorite PFL rostered fighter now to fight with elbows, they're going to go over to Bellator to do that. Bellator, B-I-C-S, Bellator I-C-S, whatever. That's probably the easiest way to refer to it. But um, or zombie Bellator, whatever you want to call it. Um, So there are those events. Basically, Bellator had 13 events this year, by the way. So they're really only trimming like five off of it, which I think uh-huh. actually should create a little bit tighter cards if that's the thing. But, I mean, can a fighter get on the mic and be like, can Derek Brunson get on the mic and be like, you know what? I challenge you to a Bellator rules fight. I mean, he can do anything then, he wants. Like He also, he also Derek Brunson, by the way, after his win uh, over Ray Cooper III at the uh, the event the other day, said, nah, I'm not a fan of this no elbows thing. Some of the strikes, it looked like he was like, oh, wait, I can't throw an elbow. That's, yeah, was he really was saying weird. if I had elbows, I'd finish it. Like that's what he says. Some of the punches, they like he was hitting with forearm shots. He's like, they should, do, you know what? It, they should do that as much as they can. Just practice forearm shots because it's like it, it's almost the same thing, but should in theory be legal, mm, right? It really should. It's be. not I the mean, point of the elbow. It's. I mean, I, I maybe no elbows are legal. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm with you. Like, but anyway, like the, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of weirdness going on, and I feel like 
there's going to be some growing pains over the next year as they kind of figure out how much they really need the Bellator brand or the Bellator belts is the way they are, or how much they need the season format or whatever they want to do. I feel like they're going to have to figure a lot of this stuff out. But um, I do like that we now have in one place so many of the top fighters outside of the UFC. Mm-hmm. It It's almost like the UFC and PFL now have just about everybody, which is not entirely true. There are, of course, some very talented fighters over in one or Ryzen over in Europe, and then here from, and there at other promotions and stuff, especially uh, ACA. From what, what, a, I, yeah, ACA. what I understand. Right? Well, is it ACA or ACB? I forget what it's called now. It got changed. I have, I don't even recall. I don't even know what, what these And Brave, too. You know, yeah. Mid- Basically, Middle East and Europe. There's definitely good fighters out there, especially uh, Russians. What I'm hearing is 1FC is in like, financial ruin. They've been That's, for a long time, so, if you believe, if, and, not if you believe, but if you follow the reporting yeah. of uh, John S. Nash over uh, Bloody Elbow. So, I mean, how much longer are they going to be around? Who, Who knows? knows? But in oh. theory, they a lot of those fighters could end up still fighting in you know Japan or yeah, like true. with Ryzen. Ryzen in theory. People love Ryzen. Ryzen's fun. I mean, they yeah. do knees. They do all the pride rules and stuff, basically, is what they do. So, so. I, wait, I, I, I thought I read something. Someone popped for uh, steroids there recently and they're like we've only done two drug tests you and you're the only one that failed <laughs> i think i, th- I, I, thought, heard, I don't I know if it, about i don't that. know if it was a joke or not but that's i read that i hadn't heard that <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as hearsay right now i believe you met one of our fans before i believe that no um but yeah i i'm at least excited for that i don't love the the stubborn marriedness to the the no elbows to the season format and all that you know i had a conversation the day that they announced this with Don Davis. And I was asked, I was asking a lot of the questions that a lot of people were confused about, made sure to share it on social media. Um, I think that at least clarified a bunch of things that were very confusing while also opening some new questions for people. But one of the key quotes that I think a lot of people did not like, but it's just what he said. Don Davis said, cause I asked him, why don't you just have the elbows in the final? Cause like, it doesn't matter about, whether they can make it through the season anymore. And he said, well, it's like changing the rules in the World Series. But at the same time... They did change the rules in the playoffs. Not only that, when they go to the World Series, before there was Universal DH, the Mets had to have a DH when they went to the World Series. You know? Well, when they they played in that... When they were the away team, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they do change the rules. They change the rules. (laughs) They change the rules in the World Series. Also, they, they... Throughout the whole season, they put a runner on second for extra innings. They don't do that in, in the playoffs. Now, here's the question so. I have now. And now I'm thinking, this just popped in my head, and I wish I'd asked it. When they have their champion versus champion event, where they're going to have the Bellator champions face the PFL champions, in so much as how many of them want to be active with that, we'll get to that in a second. Are they going to be able to throw elbows or not? I would imagine no. You would think no, way, yeah. but for goodness sakes, they've got to do it. <laughs> You they gotta to do it. To. You have to do it. Oh my god! I think there would be revolt if they're like, "Yeah, let's let's put Patricio Pitbull out there." But hey, Patricio, no elbows. Like, I, no, no fan, no fan. It's really silly. It is very silly. Um, in the spirit of that, actually, let's ask you this: Who of the new PFL champions? Because of course, we're following up the World Championship that they had on Friday. Of the PFL champions who would be facing the Bellator ones. Who could you see from the PFL winning? Let's go. I'll go. I'll go one down, and we'll just kind of quickly skim over it, right? So heavyweight Ryan Bader against Henan uh, Fajera. He can win that. Yeah, he can beat Bader. Bader's yeah, a little yeah. chinny. I think so. He, he's huge. at this point. He's so, really, really large. Yeah. I think the size is a big deal there. Um, yeah, I think that's that's and it's heavyweight. Anything can happen. So that's totally open. 
Vadim Nemkov, Bellator champ, going against Impa Kasanganai. I think Vadim would be a heavy, heavy favorite. He should be at 205. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think Impa's very impressive in what he's been doing. But, I mean, he's, by his own admission, he's not the same size as a lot of these guys. Nemkov's more thinking. He waited at 203 for this fight. Yeah. Yeah, well, Impa, when I asked him, because I interviewed him before this, I said, you know, how much do you walk around in? He's like, about 210. Like, what do you do to make weight? He's like, probably go for a walk. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I can get it off on like a, like basically like that. Um, but yeah, so he's he's not the biggest two fiver. I would have to favor very heavily Vadim Nevkov there. Down at one seventy, Jason Jackson, the new Bellator champion, going against Magomed Magomed Karimov. I can I can see. I mean, if Jackson fights as well as he did last week, right, he looked very be, impressive. But Magomed Karimov has so. been really good, and it's hard to bet against anyone with a Magomed in their name, let alone two. Yeah, it's true. Double Magomeds, that's really hard. If you to have beat. a double Magomed, mm-hmm. it's... it's almost unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> um, 155, Usman off against Olivier Alban Mercier if he does not retire, which he really sounds like he's going to. Yeah, I mean, he bored it's him. not with who you want to win. Oh, I know he bored bad. you. My bad. All who right. would win? Uh, I think Usman would still win. I would say so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he can neutralize the part of Olivier Alban Mercier's game that he really wants to get which is to neutralize mm. i think he can do a lot and probably win however he feels like uh down at 45 patricio pitbull against jesus pinedo this would be the most fun matchup of, i think it'd be a lot of fun yeah. of all the ones that you listed i think you're right and i i think P- pinedo would be a, a very live dog i actually think jason jackson and uh and double magomed karimov would be good yeah but would it be better what's what's more interesting i don't know See, the thing about Patricio is, don't forget, Patricio's coming off of, of not just one loss, two losses. He lost yeah. at 135 to Sergio, and then he took that fight in the Rising crossover card, mm. and he lost. It was like a last-minute kind of thing, but he lost that fight. I, I do remember that, that yeah. I'm, the name of the fighter is escaping me. Um, Japanese fighter. But maybe we're seeing uh, you know, a, a downward slide, maybe a rapid one, because, I mean, he's basically been a part of Bellator since like their second tournament. Yeah, but it could be, it could be a very, very motivating Sure. Situation. It could be. Be like I, I represent Bellator. It, well, he might just, you know. Sometimes he's kind of intense switch. Dude. Yeah. Can be no, for sure. Switch. Last one. Uh Chris Cyborg against Larissa Pacheco. I mean, finally at uh, one forty five. Finally someone that may give Chris Cyborg a, a run. This you definitely looks like sure. the most solid challenger that she mm. could have had in a while. Yeah. yeah. So that would be, I guess, pretty interesting. Who so. would you pick there? Oh, Cyborg. I mean, how do you okay. go against Cyborg? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's fair, too. Yeah, she has not looked vulnerable enough, except for the one fight where she I, lost to the other woman's goat like, Talk about someone who's been around forever and not slowing down. That's ridiculous. She, she is... Like, you can say what you want about the, the utter lack of depth at 145 throughout the duration of her career, which, oh my God, can we also point out that PFL now has 20 of the top 25 women's featherweights on the roster now from if you go by fight matrix that's it's, nuts okay, they actually yeah. have a real division so that that's good that's really impressive but is that i mean is that really where um he's getting that 30 percent of the top 25 he certainly might be leaning into like that leaning a little bit that yeah it's entirely bit. possible yeah and might also be leaving out of the divisions they don't have yeah but yeah the the numbers there are absolutely screwy i don't know where they're getting that but it's <laughs> <laughs> he, he put that in a quote when I talked to Don and it was something mm-hmm. about that and I, I kind of just wrote around that quote I'm like I, I'm not putting out that number that I'm not going to verify because I don't think it's true <laughs> um, yeah I, I think it would be an interesting event I think there are actually some real good competitive matchups in there 
I'd be down for this. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And you'd idea. have you would have to have a, a Johnny Eblen fight in there too. Well, they, they did say he he said he told me Don Davis said because when they sent an email mm. out, they said it's going to be our seven champions against their seven division champions. Okay. And I was like, well, where's the seventh? Yeah. And he said middleweight. We used to have a middleweight division, and no, we don't have that person on the roster anymore. But we're we're we can get we we're gonna have some ideas we're gonna put out there later on about like what we would do to determine that middleweight one. So. Mm. It bears watching. That was one of the many questions I got answered. Okay. I, see, I'm good at this stuff. I, I and, do okay. And I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit. There's not going to be any novelty. We're, you know, we're not going to see Hoist Gracie on this card, right? I didn't. I don't know that. Oh, okay. Might be. There's pos- Okay. Whatever he wants to do. Interesting. I, I was joking. You going you gonna to tell yeah. Hoist Gracie not to do it? Probably not that of five thousand. I would. I would think Hoist just should. Hoist Ken Shamrock should not fight each other again. <laughs> you sure? It's been almost like ten years. Don't you want to know how fight. they would do in the yeah. smart cage, TM? I sh- yeah, I do. Yeah. TM, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as far as specifics from the actual championship event. I want to ask you because we, you don't always, I think, care much about the PFL product. I think you you sometimes watch and you sometimes don't. Oh, it's so it's so interesting on paper. It, the idea and, of it, right? It's just, it's just, yeah. So what? Let's let's focus specifically. What do they do right? What do you, what do you think that PFL does right? Having just watched their event and now knowing that they are going to be the other event that we're going to be talking about, other than UFC based. I guess I guess what they do right. I do like the tournament style. Everyone you know knows their schedule ahead of time. Basically, and that in theory, the best the, yeah. the, the fighter who gets to the finals, they're going to be fighting probably four times at least in yeah. that year. Yeah, the fighter who, yeah. Impa fought five times this year. He won five and zero. Oh, yeah, all in PFL. Yes, because he won the Challenger mm-hmm. Series too. So I, I they think that's what they do right. Okay, <laughs> is that it? I mean, I mean, you don't have to go through a billion things, but you know, I'm just curious: is that the only thing they do right, or is there a few things? Yeah, you know, the things you like. I mean, the things I like is just that mm-hmm. it's like every fight. You know, has a meaning behind it usually. Okay. So I, I kind of like that. What about what you don't like? Uh, what I don't like. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, this is, we try to keep this show to roughly an hour ish each week. So, right. so keep that in mind. I'm going to leave out the gimmicky stuff. Okay. Like, you know, the smart cage and the, the fighter performance rating and the AI scoring and AI. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, elbows. I mean, that's terrible. The lack of elbows, yes. Lack of elbows is probably my number one. Number two is what they did with uh, Natan Schult and uh, Hausch Manfio. Yeah, I thought that was really bad. That was that was not. I mean, you were making these matchups. Like, why why are you putting them together? One thing so, that bothers me too is like people will be like, "Well, there's no matchmaking. They don't do matchmaking. It's 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 all merit based." But I'm like, "Yeah, but who made that matchup? Did they pull it out of a hat? And if they did, can we watch it? And who and who's not? Who's gonna say?" Okay, this isn't gonna work. Re- re- reshuffle. Yeah, and, and just make the match. You, I mean, we get it. If somebody they, is making that happen, if it's they not a end up what in if, the finals, Dan. Though I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. what if the AI scoring is the one making the matchups? The smart cage. What if the smart cage when is the, doing the it robots all? Robots. How smart up? is this cage? The smart cage. I don't get it. Why is it called the smart cage? Because they'd like it. That's, yeah, like, I was going to I had, yeah, the gimmicky <laughs> stuff. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the ref cam. Uh, while live fights happening, I don't mind it for replays. That's fine. Sure, sure. Um, it is a weird thing that to do get disrupted and go to that camera. Yeah. But as I was saying with the Manfio Natan Schultz thing, it's like you can you can finagle it to where they only meet in the finals. Yeah. And then if that fight happens in the finals, then I kind of understand your stance. I mean, like, guys. You know, we're still an entertainment product. We yeah. get your fans. A lot of money on the line. You guys should be fighting, like, actually trying to win. I think one of the biggest problems that I have with P- 
PFL. And I, and there are a lot of things I like that they do too. Like I, I'm I'm very neutral on PFL. Like I, I report on them. I have a good working relationship with the PR department who helps get me, you know, the interviews that I'm looking for, the people that I'm trying to speak to and that kind of thing. I said that I have a lot of issues with the way the product presents itself. It is, <laughs> it's, it's very slow. Let's start with that. It's a very, very labored pace. Most of the time, I actually thought the, that this event wasn't terrible. I thought in the past, it's been a lot worse. Now, granted this event went five hours. The main card went five hours and that did not even include one of the title fights, which was on the prelims. Yeah, so there was five title fights and two showcase fights. Seven fight main card, right? Yeah, and, and, there, and how many fights went the distance? We had a lot of fights go the distance, too. I'll say this. You get your money's worth there. Sure. Seven fights for 50 bucks. Yes, that's fair. So. Yeah, absolutely a fair thing to point out. I, I still don't love the price. I think it's a, a high bar of entry mm. for people, you know, like, who who is this catered to? The casual fans that you're trying to get, or the the real hardcore audience that's really watching PFL. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know what they're trying to attract. Mm. Um, I think the main issue that I have with PFL at this point overall is that it's very much a business venture and not a fight promotion, and it feels that way. And I don't think there are enough people on board that are like, like, say what you want about Dana White. I have a lot of issues with Dana White, but. The dude's like a fighter's kind of guy. He gets the fight game. He gets how all that works, and not just in the business sense or the backroom sense of that kind of thing. As like, a fan's kind and, of perspective yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, the only person that they really have in like a position of power, I guess you could call it, that that kind of qualifies like that, is Ray Steffa, who's mm. essentially their matchmaker, yeah. which they don't have a matchmaker, do they? Apparently they do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I, talent relations, I don't know what exactly his, his role is, but they need more than just Ray. No disrespect to Ray at all. That's not what it's meant to be. But I think they need more of that mentality in there and less of the the four-word, buzzword, Bellator, international champion series. Kind of, like Seriously, who wants to sit there and call it that? It's it's absolutely absurd. So is, is Bellator going to be international events, not in the United Look, States? Oh, you were just not so, listening, I guess. Like, I was just I was talking about listening. this, bro. I was listening. I said they're going to they're gonna do mostly international shows, but a cup, maybe one or two of them a year will be here. Oh, okay. I must have missed that last part. So I'm saying, man. Yeah. No, it's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I just don't... I don't love kind of the, the corporate feel that comes off of it. This is... You can try to make it buttoned up and make it like true sport and that kind of thing. And maybe you're going to attract a few people like that. But realistically, I think we've found most of the people who give a darn about combat sports and fist punching yeah. and, and you know, face punching and blood spraying all over the place from weird stuff like this. I feel like we've not saturated the market, but realistically, you're not going to turn people who are like, yeah, I really like baseball. And that's kind of the only sport I like. They're not going to become fans of MMA because, oh, now there's a season. Okay. Not because it's, it, you love baseball. I like baseball. Baseball's fantastic. But that's fine. You know, like, we're already fans of this. We like the fist punching part. Most people don't, I think. That's that's what I found from trying to get so many friends to like this over the years who've given it a shot. And they're like, it's not for me. <laughs> so I, I don't know what they're trying to do here. They're very ambitious about trying to be the co-leader. They said in five years they became the number two, and in another five years they're going to be the co-leader. I The only way I see that happening, even remotely having a shot at, is that little court case you keep re referencing uh, each week, Dan. 
Yeah, like in, uh, uh, next year. let's force some co-promotion here. But even at that, I I don't know. We'd have to see what comes of that. There's a lot of things that could come out of that, so we don't know what the, yeah, what that would ton, look like. Ton, yeah, beyond that, like yeah, there's there's much more beyond that. I mean, I did uh, I did a a thing on. We're we're really belaboring a lot of the stuff we want to get to as far as officiating that kind of thing. But this is a big week. I think this you can justify talking about this stuff for a while. I did a look on uh, Google Trends, which is kind of a tool you can oh, use. Yeah, just try, trends.google.com, yeah. right? You see me put this up from time to time, right? Yeah. And I just looked at what Google like search interest has been over the last week during the event. So it dated back to the Friday before, which would include a good chunk of what was happening with PFL on or during their event. It included the big news of them buying the other promotion of their competition and building what really is the most formidable North American competition that we've seen from the UFC or for the UFC probably ever. I think that's actually pretty fair to say in terms of the number of fighters, in terms of the presence that they have now. And even at that, all of their Google interests, their traffic, all search and that kind of thing, none of it got remotely close except for the event itself, to what people are looking at UFC searches like when they're just bored and there's nothing UFC happening. Well, that's people search UFC when they when they really mean to Google, you know, MMA. Exactly. Exactly. So. But it that that didn't particularly spike that much either mm-hmm. during during those fights and also that Apex event last week, which was mm-hmm. What, what would you put that in terms of prestige on the UFC calendar? Was it was oh, it bottom five? It's it's low. Bottom five probably. <laughs> just dwarfed the biggest event that PFL put on all year after a giant week of momentum for them. It mm. did not like it. Just it's not even close. I don't know what they can do in the five intervening years other than hope that everything just collapses at the UFC, even if they bleed talent. Like, honestly, I, think, I don't think it's going to change. I think they're going to need Jake Paul to actually fight MMA for them. I still don't think it's going to matter. Because <laughs> I think that'll give a nice boost. Um, Francis definitely fighting in there would be a big boost, I think. But I think he's a boxer now, to be honest. I, um, but I still think you're talking about guys that their brand is significantly bigger than the PFLs itself. And it's not going yeah, to it's enhance true. it that much. I think people are coming in for that and leaving with that and not with PFL, especially when they have their products so slow and paced and weird and that kind of thing. They're interrupting fights to to have Wiz Khalifa give his analysis of what's happening in the fight every mm-hmm. single round. Like, good God. Yeah, so I, I notice they do that every event. They have someone, you know, come in, you know, in their lower third. But you know what? Fine. Have when when they had Jake Paul in there, it actually kind of worked. Number one, because Jake is somebody who people resonate with. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, Jake... it's been a very long time since "See You Again" was a big song, and and "Black and Yellow" was forever ago. So who cares about Wiz Khalifa anymore? Sorry, Wiz. That was mean. I, look, it is what it is, man. <laughs> um, no, but I. I don't know. I don't follow Jake Paul on on Twitter, so I don't know or Instagram. I don't know. Is he posting? Hey, you know, tune into PFL. I think he posts stuff to like so, his his channels and that kind of thing. I mean, it, it, his stuff is more. I think the video content where he reaches a lot of people. Okay. But even at that, it's not. I don't think it's changing much. You know. Yeah. I don't think he can do it. Buy this pay per view. It's how can you make another brand of tissues take over Kleenex? Like. That's what they're trying to do here. It's yeah. not going to happen. Fair enough. That's how I. That's see well. It, so. That you know. That's why you know we get rid of you know these and put it around the fighters. PFL UFC you know presents the, this fight like boxing, like Golden sure. Boy, Golden Boy Productions, Mayweather, uh, whatever. It's really the only way that you can bleed into them. Yeah, so. for sure. 
Um, even that, I, I, I did. I did want to add one thing to what they, ah, what, what I got? think they do right real quick. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. I think I didn't see Sean O'Connell standing at the broadcast <laughs> booth, so I think someone may have finally told him, "Hey, Sean, you know, in between fights, it's okay to stand, but when the fights are going on, stay seated." No, he broke his leg. He can't stand. He wasn't he standing? No, no, he broke his leg. Oh, he broke his leg. No, I made that up. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, nah, I'm just effing with you. Um, last question I have because we we have a few more here, but mm-hmm. we we went so much into this. I don't want to. I don't want to put it off too much more before we get into like contested rounds and that kind of thing. Last question for you, my friend. Who was the biggest winner of the PFL season finale out of all the people who, let's say, won fights? I think you gotta go Impa. Impa Kasang and I, for sure. I think so, too. I mean, just because the UFC gets cut from the UFC, earns a yeah. shot through the Challenger series. My understanding series. is, so, so to clarify, he his contract more or less ran out and he wasn't getting a fight, so they're like, all right, you can go. He was he was given, he was saying, okay. It was like a ahead. mutual, semi-mutual parting, mutual if parting. you were to go by the way Impa described it. But yeah, I mean, typically they do four-fight contracts, and mm. it, it was a four-fight contract that he did fight out. So yeah. not exactly cut, just to clarify. But also, PFL wasn't like, we're just signing this guy. They're like, no, earn yourself a contract. We're by, interested in you for by, the pre-challenger series. By exactly. impressing, you know, the likes of Ray Lewis and uh, some other non-fighters. Yeah, I forget who was on uh, that on show. challenger series. I forget who was on that one. Could have been Ty- oh, Tyron Woodley. I think was on that. So I mean, that's respectable there. Um, Paige Van Zant's done it. She fights. Okay, she has fought. She has it's fought. been a while. It's been quite a while. She, she does other stuff now. So, but going from that, five fights in a year, winning a million bucks. I mean, was living out of his car last year. Kind of by choice. He just didn't want to go home to his parents. That was part okay. of it. But uh, yeah, he, he didn't really have anything else to do otherwise. So yeah. But nonetheless, very impressive. I, I think you're right. I think he is the biggest winner. I think he's someone who went from a total afterthought at welterweight because, you know, he, he had that really bad, not bad, but uh, uh, let's say unfortunate knockout from uh, Joaquin Buckley. It, and he will live on forever in the highlight reel. He will, he's going to forever he's, be he on seems to come to terms with that. Um, if if ever cross promotion is a thing, and he's you know booked against a UFC fighter, the UFC is so gonna, especially if it's a high profile fight, it's gonna be like. Oh, of course they. We, would. We've seen we've seen how this ends. He's he's very even keeled though. Uh, I I would say um in Pixong and I he kind of just rolls with it. Okay. But and but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's the biggest winner. Runner up, real quick, Larissa Pacheco being two division first two division champ. So uh, see, I'm gonna. I'm going to say no. I actually, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. As runner-up? Yes. Really? I, I do. Oh. The, the main reason being, the only reason I'm impressed that she she's a two-division winner is because she had trouble making weight at 55, and now she's making weight at 45 again. That's literally it. It's oh. it's the same women. All right. Fair These right. are the same women she would have been fighting before. They're just fighting okay. a little lower in so, weight. Right. So I'm not right. impressed with that. Okay. I'm impressed with her winning $2 million and her being a damn good fighter. Okay. So who's but, your guy then? So it could be a woman. There were women on this card of this of season finale. Wasn't there only one woman's playoffs? Yeah, but you know, so I thought Kayla that Harrison was the won question. fight. It was, but you oh know. no, anyone who won in, on this advantage. Oh, oh we got you. Okay. I mean, it's still not going to be Kayla gotcha. Harrison either. So just you know, just to clarify, I'm going to say Derek Brunson. Okay, because I think it really does set him up for a potential really big fight against Johnny Edlin. Yeah, that's why I think he's the the biggest winner after that. Okay. Obviously, he doesn't get a million dollars like all the other ones. Did, I wasn't but very in terms of like pure fight career kind of stuff to jump off from i actually like that one the best i expected a little more but yeah. or magomed magomed karamov okay who is now a two-time millionaire he was, yeah that was a good 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 way to win yeah um let's get into these these rounds and this kind of yeah. thing but first the unanimity report of yeah. course we did have a lot of fights go the distance and this having 
six championship fights on it meant a lot of rounds. So we had 32 rounds scored. But out of that, 27 unanimous. And really nothing after the first like five-ish fights. I think it was the final six fights of the card, all unanimous. So that was something. Part of it was just they were kind of one-sided fights. You know, that it wasn't necessarily the hardest uh, fight card to score, I would say. Okay. It's not to take away from the judging. We had unanimity in, in, to a high degree, and I think that's worth celebrating. But also contextually there. Uh, 84.4% right there. That's, that's a good number. Solid. Good number. like to see it. Two of those fights, two of the five that were split, they were eight, nine splits. So most of the time we're getting the right winner. It was, you know, we haven't always had that with PFL. Fortunately, they brought in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of quality judges came to Washington, D.C. for this one. And that helped a lot. It was like a reunion. <laughs> kind of was from all different eras <laughs> of judging and, and refereeing. Let's get to those contestant rounds. Let's get to the five of them. Um, starting with one that we've got a little bit more than just the round to talk about. But let's start with, with the contestant round itself. Jesus Pinedo. Who, of course, won his millions, like we said, at, at uh, Featherweight. Beat Gabriel Braga with a round three TKO. Before that, though, round one was split. So, Dan, let's talk. Yeah, this was, a, uh, I thought it was a fun round. Both guys standing up, banging it out. I think uh, Pinedo landed slightly better. Uh, he worked all targets well. Really good to the body, I thought. Uh, Braga landed some heavy ones. The T-kip, the teep kicks to the body. Good leg kicks. I do think it's very close. I really have no issue either way. Um, but I'm going Pinedo. Solid competitive round. That's mm-hmm. that's what I saw. I did go Pinedo too, but yeah, it, there's no reason to think that Dave Torelli couldn't have reasonably gone for Braga, which he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a perfectly fine score. Yeah, it, it ultimately didn't matter again because the fight was stopped in the third round too. Um, possibly you went, early. Po- possibly. Early. Did, did you think it was early? You bring it up. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I said, what did I tell you? I said, Sky, I think that's gonna be my favorite finish. You did because <laughs> I don't really want to go watch any the rest of them. Well, you'd seen and, some of them. I've seen anyway. most. Yeah, I saw you, them, but there was you, a few you hadn't watched. Well, you picked the one I was going to pick. Oh, well, yeah, so I wasn't going <laughs> to. I, I wasn't going to take that one. <laughs> yeah, away from you. Well, you don't uh, take it, but yeah, it's, usually it's just a reason to yeah. throw out a couple like fights that people yeah. like should know. Yeah. Um, and then we saw it. We got no. Yeah, this might be a tad early for a million dollar bout. A little, little, little early there. When you told me about it in my head, I didn't want to reveal like what I was thinking. I'm like, all right, let's see how I feel later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so again, we we both had it uh, for Pinedo. So we saw it in the majority with uh, judges Eric Cologne and Jaron Vallel. Which brings us <laughs> to the other reason we're going to be talking about this fight and this round. I guess the first couple rounds in particular. Something very unusual happened. Apparently not unprecedented from what I've understood with a conversation with officials um, throughout the last couple days. Uh, But something unusual that you and I had never witnessed or at least Mm -hmm. knowingly witnessed before, Dan. So... And props to you for being so observant. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see me when, when we watch yeah. fights together. I'll be like, "Yeah, that's Judge So and So," and you'll be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. You know, so I, I am looking for who's judging this kind of thing. So you can see Jaron Vallel seated at the Red Con One corner or the judging panel uh, for PFL for this fight. You can see him there, and kudos to PFL that and their stupid branding with with the 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 advertising and everything like that but at least it makes it very easy to say okay that's the panel i want to be looking for for that judge because when ufc when i'm trying to find where a certain judge is i'm like okay they're in front of the toyo tires ad but then there'll be two toyo tires yeah. ads so it really screws me <laughs> up 
So kudos to them. They made a very clear Redcon 1 corner or panel where Judge Jaron Vallel was seated for round one. But round two starts, and it's not Jaron Vallel anymore. It is Doug Crosby, who we have not seen get a single round in any of UFC, Bellator, or PFL this entire year. For all I know, he has not worked any round anywhere in the country or in the world since we last saw him as one of the three judges who had 29-28 for Patty Pimlet over Jared Gordon, which, by the way, you and I also. We had different rounds that way. We did have different rounds. We had different rounds. We did. We had the defensible ones, I think. I think you're right. I I think so, to be fair. Um, And in defense of Ron McCarthy, he was also, he had the same card as Doug Crosby in that fight. I don't want to harp on that. But basically, the point is we haven't seen this official in a while. All of a sudden, he shows up. Not at the beginning of this fight, but at the second round of this fight. Imagine if JR was on commentary. Crosby's in the judges' seat. I... Crosby's in the judges' seat. By God. Is that, is that, is that what he'd be doing for the judges? Would he, he do that for be... referees? He... I don't know. Well, he took the ref. Oh, yeah. You've seen him do that for the refs. Well, I didn't the ref see. Gets knocked I didn't see him like deliver like a stone cold stunner to Jaron Vallel. I don't believe that is what happened, but because <laughs> we did see Jaron Vallel later on and, and he. He seemed to be refereeing just fine. wasn't wasn't hampered by receiving a stunner. Um, also, I'm not sure that Doug Crosby at this point is going to be the, the most athletic man to be do, delivering stunners. Um, probably would have created a bit of a ruckus as well. But for whatever reason, there is a switch made from one judge to another. And I've watched this fight over this rounds over a few times. I walked you through it too, just so you could kind of see what mm-hmm. I was seeing. Before the fight, you can see at some point Jaron Vallel is being, I don't know, he's signaled to or he's communicating with someone with the uh, commission. It looked like at one point Mario Yamasaki, uh, who, by the way, another name we don't hear very often anymore, but uh, he is very entrenched in the, uh, the MMA the scene in D.C. Yes, a little bit of a blast of the past. Uh, my my joke has been uh, we haven't heard from Cecil Peoples, but I guess he's, uh, you know, he probably had a conflict or something like that. I kid, I kid. Um, but there's it's clear that he's trying to like get signaled to or like communicated to and he's not in the seat that he would be eventually in just a minute or two later to judge because nobody is in that seat um whereas at the same time we have already seen on video dave torelli is in his seat eric Colon is in his seat later on when we see jaron Vallel sitting in that seat there's like a little bit of like signaling going on it's kind of like, i don't know what was going on i can't read lips but it was it was almost kind of like a, hey what's, i'm here now now, I knew going into this one, too, that Doug Crosby was the one who was assigned to this. So the weird thing is that he wasn't there to start. But later on, throughout the fight, as you're watching, if you can watch on the outside, and tape's all there. You want to go back? Go find it. It's easy to see if you know what you're looking for. Doug Crosby can be seen trying to get over to that seat very early in the round from, like, the right side of, of Jaron Vallow, you know, from our seat looking at him. Later on, you spot him making his way on the left side of the screen, down, holding this folder. I don't know why, I don't know, for whatever reason, that just made it a very identifiable way to find him when <laughs> he had this folder. Um, and then near the end of the round, you can see him sit down right behind uh, Judge Vallel here. There's kind of like a, a, it almost looked like a signal, like a thumbs up kind of thing from Vallel. And I don't know if that was directly at Doug Crosby or if it was just something that happened, but... It, it it certainly seemed like some form of communication, right? So he, he writes down his score. Judge Vallel is the one who scores this round. He is there for the duration. He's, by all accounts, focused on scoring this round. It's like, 
It's like the Step Brothers but interview. But then, yeah, what's that? It's like the Step Brothers interview. Like you sitting behind them. Yeah, a little, it was a little bit I'm, like that. I'm yeah, here, I'm here to help with the Pan Pam <laughs> debate confusion. That was yeah. <laughs> Good reference. I like that. Um, but yeah, my understanding is Judge Vallel scored this round. Doug Crosby certainly wasn't watching for five minutes because you can see him making his way around the cage at times where he's not watching. So he couldn't possibly have scored that round. Um, But he does make the switch. We already see him sitting there in round two and ostensibly he is scoring the rest of the way. Now, again, this fight ends in the third round. We do not get to the scorecards. So any sort of, you know, the first thought I I had in my head when we kind of figured out was like, what would happen if they went to the scorecards? Like, what does that do? Mm. What does that mean? What if this, which ended up being a split round, by the way, the one that, Judge Vallel scored. What if it ended up being 48-47 separate ways and round one was the decider, but the other rounds were scored by Doug Crosby? Another judge, yeah. You know? That creates a weird situation, right? Yeah, I I don't... I don't know if that's like... That would make it so like, hey, if I'm a fighter and I lost that fight, well, what would happen if Judge Crosby had been judging that one to start? Could it have gone my way? It seems like a plausible argument to make and and a very easy path to... You know, if they were actually going to do uh, an overturned appeal, which these things almost never happen, this would be the time where I would think, oh, yeah, this, this might really have to happen. They avoided that, you know, nuclear situation, fortunately. Uh, and again, I, I my understanding, too, talking with officials, this is not it's not crazy that this happened. This has happened more with like medical situations, right? Like somebody's you know unwell and they need to step out. So someone else comes in for them not during the fight but between rounds but which yeah. was the case here they went between rounds i i understand it to be less common i don't know to what degree less common for it to happen in a situation that it looks like here where it looked like doug crosby just was running late or something i don't know that's it's kind of the way it looked because again we know he's i know he's supposed to be judging this fight but he's not there and he's trying to get there you can see him walking around and everything and then he does come in so yeah i mean the thing is if i i get it if something some happens you know some kind of medical issue whatever you gotta you, you gotta get off off the seat off the chair life happens and, life happens yeah and someone steps in you know mid-fight round two or whatever i just i just think if you know if it's round one where someone has to you know substitute in it just becomes their fight and then that's you know they're judging this that's their assignment right yeah one would think that that would just be the 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 wiser course of action to do is like listen i'm here it is what it is let's let's just roll with this punch mm-hmm. you know i think that that would is what probably should happen if it starts if you start a fight you finish the fight unless you know what as you mentioned some some medical or whatever sure um mid fight i guess i guess it gets a little more complicated mm-hmm. but I yeah I, I was trying I, I reached out to I sent an email to uh Skip Brown, the the commissioner, the commission official from mm. uh DC, trying to just to get clarity, like what what happened here, like what is what would happen here and this kind of thing. I was just kinda cause I had never seen it before. I just wanted mm. to ask some questions uh after I'd seen it. And I have not heard back yet as of the time we're recording this. Um, it being the weekend after a major fight where they stayed up very late working hard. I'm not surprised that I haven't heard anything yet. I don't know when or if I will. As we know, commission officials are not necessarily the most forthcoming with speaking to the media. It's not the, the favorite thing. S- not all. Some. I've I've had very great success communicating with so many officials. I want to stress that. I really have. And I thank all the ones who've been communicative with me. But uh, it's not universal, especially with questions like this. So I'm curious if I'll get an answer about that. But yeah, I mean, it, it is very weird. I think we're like the only ones who really saw it. 
strange, it's strange, but what, I mean, if it, whatever, I mean, it didn't really, no harm, no foul. All's well that ends well, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I would love to just get these answers so that we know for the future, and, you know, maybe it's a learning experience for people, and like, hey, what to do, because all this seemed to happen pretty darn quickly, because you can watch it kind of unfold, it's interesting, it's so, it's, it's so interesting when you have video capturing all of this happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Plain, it, it, plain it, it, sight. It, I mean, it is on video, it's like. And well, I feel no, like if, a different judgment here. I feel like if this happened at UFC, because at UFC they put media much closer than they do at PFL, I feel like somebody would have picked up on this. One of the reporters cage side would have noticed this. I, that's what I I have to think that would have happened. But it being at PFL where they do not prioritize putting media members remotely near the cage. It's not like they're in the way back, but they're basically in a section that's like a closed off section. It's a closed basically, off section, yeah. but it's it's also just with the fans along yes yeah. i met yeah they yeah. close off a section of the arena and you guys go sit there when we went to pfl yeah. over the summer you you didn't even sit in your seat for a little while you were just sitting in the media section not 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 in the media section but adjacent to it right across the aisle from me i didn't sit in any of my own seats is that right I just i just <laughs> you never moving. went to your own seat i just kept moving around. i mean why not i don't i don't blame you for that um yeah i would love to get more clarity on that and be able to to share that with with individuals so yeah if any officials have have any insight on that kind of thing please share away i'd be happy to to learn more about it and be able to get that out on our program next week even so um but yeah hey all, all's well that ends well right yeah for sure if they <laughs> i think they dodged a bullet <laughs> that's how i would look because okay. so look at it this is a million dollar fight imagine if that's it went true. down to that they had yeah. to they somehow had to nuke the the decision and it went to a no contest so this would be that would be horrifying but it didn't happen that way Okay. All's well that ends well. Um, I think we can move on to the final four rounds we have, right? You, you have any more thoughts, or no? I think I think we're good. But of course, the, and, and before we even end that, I just want to say, of course, Doug Crosby is the one that's involved in this, right? <laughs> like, is it, it? It had to be. It had to be Doug Crosby. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to uh the, the only fight that had two rounds mm-hmm. that were split. Both of them being the 10-8-9 version. In the Derek Brunson fight, the win over Ray Cooper III, who was fighting up from being the 170-pound former champion. He's fighting up at middleweight, couldn't make the middleweight limit. And I think they said it on the broadcast, probably relates to conditioning, and I would have to think absolutely, yeah, he just didn't take it seriously like you're supposed mm-hmm. to. It's, just, it's almost like he just doesn't care anymore. I don't know. Maybe the millions made him, uh, made him comfortable. Who knows? Um, it's hard to say. <laughs> but we do have two rounds here because it's 30-25 twice. And a 30-27. So one judge not seeing any eights here. Two judges seeing a couple eights. It's rounds one and two. So let's start at one. Yeah, I think Brunson's working for a Clint Turley. Landed some strikes here and there. You know, he gets Cooper's leg way high in the air, trying to topple him over. Uh, and in the midst of this, eats like three right, three left hands. One that, you know, wobbles him. Has him like kind of drop down. Dropping it low real quick. Uh, drop it like it's hot? Yeah. Uh but Brunson, you know, does eventually get a takedown, moves to mount, and he just pummels Cooper with punches for like two straight minutes. Uh, not good o- punches too. This is not pitter patter. Yeah, not only does Brunson just take the round back in my eyes, I-, I think he gets all the way to the gate. I I am able to check all three Ds uh, to some extent, uh, despite him getting sort of rocked, which is, I guess, you know, the argument the other way of why only a nine. So, and I can get that one. That make if that's the argument makes. Total sense to me. That's yeah. number one. But also number two, you are saying you the word you said was to somewhat degree, right? Yeah. So you're not like 
you're not over the moon with these. Maybe with some of them, oh. right? What, what, which? How would you rate the damage? These? Is is the toughest one because you mm-hmm. know how 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 much better is his damage than him getting rocked? Sure. So that's that's what I mean with someone. I mean, I think he for sure has dominance and for sure has duration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the final so, two minutes, I think that's a long enough time for we can say okay, because yeah. it doesn't need to be a whole round of, mm-hmm. of butt whooping, right? And, and to what you pointed out earlier, Brunson, if he has elbows, we, we're not even talking <laughs> about these two rounds. Yeah, I mean, so, that doesn't go into our scoring, of course. Um, but. but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I, I do like an eight eight here. I like an eight here, but I mean, it, it, this is this is like this is outside the textbook example. This is like very much the the exceptional kind of thing where it's like a very weird round, you know. Mm. So while I had an eight, you had an eight, and we agreed with judges Brian Martyr, Minor and Marcel Varela. We disagreed with Eric Cologne, but I get it. I get a nine here. I do. It's it's a very strange round. We don't anything that's like outside of like the norm. And I don't even know if this is an eight and a half. Like, it, 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 I feel like you could almost make it a nine or an eight and a half or an eight. It's a very strange round. I, maybe I'm wrong there, but I could see it being a very strange round. Maybe. I guess like, I, I do. Am think, I wrong? I don't no, know. I, do think, think I think it comes down to how bad do you think Brunson was hurt? That, that has to be like the number so. one question, I think. I think you're right. It does have to come down to that. If, it, if that punch isn't thrown in there and if he's not rocked like that, yeah, I think we're, we're talking about a very different round. Okay. But it is there. Yeah, and it's you can't ignore it. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, round two, though, this is very different from round one in a lot of ways. So Brunson gets a very fast takedown, and he's basically riding the back with one hook in, um, while Cooper's turtled up, eating punches for like four straight minutes. They are not the hardest punches. I think they're solid shots, though. It's about like twenty seconds left where where Brunson's able to mount him uh, and rain some really big shots here. Actually, maybe not really big, just bigger. Um, I can see the argument why you don't go eight here because Brunson's not throwing in a second hook, attacking subs, really pushing for the finish. He's just, you know, content, you know, being on the back in, in a very dominant position. I also don't think uh, he was damaged to a high degree. And to, a, to as high a degree and, as the first punch. Round. Yeah, but I mean, it, I think it's just, but it's straight, you know, it's cumulative damage, I guess would be the best way to, to put it. Sure. Yeah. Because he just, he just keeps punching him. In the face. and But these aren't pitter-patter. No, they're not. So You're right. I think this is an eight for sure mm-hmm. uh, in my eyes. I went the other way. And I'm, I mean, I'm very torn about, yeah, honestly, well, both of these rounds, well, man. These are strange. This is a strange fight. Yeah, it's a very weird fight. Yeah, you just, you just siding with the communist. Oh, dude, anybody from South Georgia, they need to get their <laughs> act together. Like, we probably should have an aside here. Taylor Ham. Scott's a communist. Taylor Ham. Yeah. Taylor Ham. I think I've proven my bona fides. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I can totally get the argument either way here. I do. Um, and I'm given a nine here, and maybe that's inconsistent with the with the first round. I don't think so, personally. I just didn't think it was... I thought that the damage was more concentrated and higher in those last two minutes of round one than what we saw in, at any point in round two. So it's like that last 20 seconds when he mounts him and he mm-hmm. starts actually pushing for a finish, I guess you could say. Yeah. Is really when it's like, okay. Where you flip it for it's sure. It's like, okay, I'm right in the eight. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I don't know. And but. then you got Cooper. I mean, did he do anything this round? I don't think he did. Anything. Yeah, and that's the other thing where I'm kind of like, maybe this is supposed to be. And this is why I get so screwed up. Every week, I feel like I'm very inconsistent with where I want the eight or the nine to be. <laughs> I always feel like I'm flailing. And, and this is why I very much sympathize with the judges who are probably also in the same position. <laughs> Because they're left with a document that is failing them and, and an inconsistent way of doing things, depending on 
what commission would like it and that kind of thing. Now, granted, at this point, the judges who work in a certain commission all the time are probably going to take that with them wherever they go. That's that's the way they're judging, you know? They're not going to recalibrate the way they judge. Right. But I, but it's still it, – it's, it's different because if Marcel Varela, for example, doesn't work in Las Vegas or mm -hmm. in California, he's not necessarily going to judge the same way. Maybe he does, but he's not necessarily going to because he's not being – working under the same standard that those commissions are asking their judges to do with the aides. Perhaps. I don't know. I work I I I work under the the assumption that you know ABC trumps all. I work under the assumption that ABC can't get their stuff together and come <laughs> up with a document that matches the way they're trying to enforce it in commissions. That's what I work under and that's the reality. Well, here here's another question. Elbows are illegal. So like <laughs> elbows are illegal. Yes, correct. Not under ABC like, but in PFL. If you can't throw those, maybe, I mean, are you aware of this as a judge? Are you saying, okay, you know, elbows are very damaging, but the guy can't throw them. Are we going to, you know, does damage have to check as far as normally would be if elbows were legal? All I know is this is the World Series, so this fight that is not okay. part of the season does not have elbows either. Gotcha. That, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're following. It's we're following that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Regular season game. It's stupid. It's, 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 yeah, it's, like, it's like a regular season game on the World Series, but we're also going to treat it with yeah. the same rules that have nothing to do with it. it it's dumb. Everything about it is dumb. It's so stupid. I'm getting so mad about this. Yeah. I mean, I got, I'm not going to fault Mr. Cologne, Judge Cologne. Oh, if, he, but... if, if he's ordering pork roll, he is definitely getting faulted. <laughs> You're on his team. You're team commie. No. No. <laughs> I'm team Taylor Ham yeah. all the way. <laughs> but I did see that round. Uh, the way yeah. Judge Cologne did as well. Right. You sided with again the, the the other two judges, Brian Minor and Marcel Varela, who saw the ten eight here. So you you had twenty, you had thirty twenty five, and I had thirty twenty six. This was this was the only fight that I scored live actually. Oh okay, um, you, you, the rest of you kind of. I was back, yeah. I was watching and playing uh, Hogwarts Legacy to Tom Aspinall's uh, dismay. <laughs> That's right. He does not like that. Um, <laughs> While I was watching, so were you also looking at a picture of Tom? Like, yeah, suck it, champ. I, I, I can't believe this guy. To be honest, <laughs> the nerve of him, right? Uh, I think we're probably done with this fight, right? Yeah, we got two more fights, and they were really just—it was the prelims. It was the, the excuse me, the early card. Yes, they changed the name again. That's, it used to be called the opening card on uh, ESPN Plus. And now they change it to the early card on ESPN. It was stupid. What? It's just, just gimmicks left and right. Just call it the prelims. Stop with this. Stop with the buzzwords. Stop giving us every different. We're going to call it what we want to call it. So shut up. Anyway, it's the prelims. The opening prelims. Let's start with uh, the the later of the two. Phil Caracapa, uh, a Jersey guy from mm -hmm. Central Jersey, by the way, which you say doesn't exist. I'd say it does. There, there is no Central Jersey. I don't know what they call uh, Taylor Ham and Freehold, but if Caracapa is going to go to his local uh, local bagel shop and be like, yeah, I want a Taylor Ham egg and cheese sandwich, he's all right with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of the Italian tribe, too, uh, or Italian-American tribe. Got the win over Kai Wu. Unanimous nod, 29-28 twice, and a 30-27. The judges were split on just round one, so let's talk about it. I do think this was a pretty low output round on the feet. Um, however, the punches that they do land are pretty heavy, and they're coming from both sides. I, I think Caracapia was slightly heavier. He does. It appears like he may have got rocked, but I couldn't really tell if he was hurt or not. Like when he's, he gets smashed, and then he like, kind of dives in on a double, um, which he does end up getting a takedown. So what you're uh, trying to figure out basically is, is this a reactionary double because yeah, he's in trouble? Pretty much. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he got hit with a good shot. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but he does get the takedown. He lands some decent shots from top half guard, you know, for the rest of the round. I think this is a carrot cap around. Yeah, I think he slowly kind of takes it back with his work down there. Mm-hmm. But I did think Wu was doing better on the feet, and I thought I I can totally get why if if uh, maybe what your angle is potentially. And it did look like the PFL judges had monitors for this one, which I don't believe they always do, and I hope becomes the norm because I mean my goodness, now they're like the number two. So mm-hmm. let's let's make sure we and while we're at act, the, act like it, please. And while we're doing all the gimmicks, mm-hmm. you know, do the judges camera. I hope the judges are always watching ref cam. <laughs> <laughs> No, that would be terrible. Might as well just put them in the cage with them. No, but but you really it would be better off to probably just put them in a room back oh, there, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a soundproof room. Yeah, you can't hear nothing. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Put it just <laughs> you gotta put foam all over the place. It's gotta be better sound insulated than our recording mm-hmm. studio, which is at this point your room because we got forced out of uh out of the other room we'll record while they're redoing the bathroom, right? Redoing the bathroom. Yeah, redoing yeah. the bathroom. It, it's coming along. Um to to get it back here, yeah. I th- I thought Wu definitely did good work there on the feet. And depending on your view, if you don't think that Karakapa is doing enough to kind of steadily take it back at the end like you and I do, sure, that's fine. So judges uh, Brent Colflish and David Braslow, they had it for Wu. Sal D'Amato had it for Karakapa. We had it for Karakapa. What does that mean for Judge Sal D'Amato? Cash that over. <laughs> that's a good one. That was a good one. Um, so, yeah, he can he can get that in uh, in Wisconsin somewhere if it doesn't get lost. Last fight. Jesse Stern. This was the curtain jerker of the event. Gets the win over Josh Blyden. Unanimous nod, 30-27s, and a 29-28 were split on round one, where one judge did give it to Blyden. Let's talk. Yeah, Blyden gets the back kind of early. He throws the hooks in standing, but maybe he's kind of, he shook off, and they ultimately end up, you know, in a clinch against the cage. Uh, He does get the waist lock around the back. Uh, landing some storly knees to the butt. I mean, these 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 knees are not hard at all. Uh, as, as storly knees would imply, yes. yes. This goes on for, like, the first half of the round. By the way, Storley is now on PFL roster. Logan Storley's on the <laughs> PFL roster. He is indeed, he is indeed. Uh, this goes on for, like, the first round, half round, uh, first half of the round. Then Stern reverses, you know, he gets the, you know, upper hand here, and he's landed some knees of his own. But these are definitely more impactful. Stern drags it to the ground a couple times, you know, but Blyden ends up on top in some scrambles, uh, but quickly Stern's able to kick him off, get back up. On the feet here, I think Stern's landing better. He lands a nice kick to the body, uh, right at the belly, lands a big right hand. I like it for Stern. I can see an argument for Blyden. I'm just not a fan of it, but I can understand it. Yeah, I, I do too, but I, I feel like Stern is is kind of the more solid score here, and I felt like... It kind of got solidified, especially over the last like 30 seconds or mm-hmm. so. Like I could see it being pretty close until then, but I think Blyden really doesn't have, not that you need a signature strike, but I don't know how many strikes that he landed or how much offense he landed over the course of the the first, like especially two and a half minutes where it was really yeah, where he was doing most of his work. Yeah, it was, he's not really doing all that much. And I think Stern is, is connecting with much more. Uh, much more effectiveness, much more force, much more ability to be able to get this fight to its natural conclusion than we were seeing from Josh Blyden. So I feel good about Stern here, but it's not to such a high degree that it has to be a bad score to go the other way, I think. that's Yeah, I don't think it's a bad it's like, score. It's like borderline. It's like the borderline of me being like, I don't see it, but I don't think I, I don't think I have a problem with it. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so we, we were in the majority here with uh, Judges Varela and Brent Coldflesh again. It was David Braslow who was split off this time for Blyden. But yeah, not not crazy, but yeah, not my favorite. Mm. 
And that is it for our five contested rounds, which took us an hour to get through because we mostly didn't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) It was was mostly other stuff. Um, Only four finishes, though, of course. That is, again, why it took so long for all these fights to happen and why we had 32 rounds scored. Um, Four finishes, three by KO or TKO, one submission. By the way, the only natural KO, like straight KO we had, was in the amateur fight with Biagio Aliwash. Mm. Um, and there were no first round finishes. Every fight yeah. went at least one round. What was your favorite? Well, if you can't finish it in the first round, do the next best thing and finish it in the second. He and Ferreira doing, you know, what heavyweights should do and, and trying to finish it as quick as possible. It's it's still not my favorite to have gone into the second round, but but he did not make it last. It was inside of a minute, right? In yeah, the, he, in the second round. Quick. These are big hammer fists that he, you know, oh, yeah. after, he's a monster. He, after he drops him, he just hammer, bam, bam, bam. It's like, wow. Okay. He reminds me in a lot of ways of Bigfoot Silva in, okay. in terms of the way he like fights and that kind of, just maybe not, have some it's, blood it's not the same style. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's not like the same style, but like, he's just, he's this very hulking presence, mm. you know? And I don't know, something about the way he delivered that ground and pound just reminded me <laughs> of Bigfoot Silva in a way. I hope he has the good sense to make his money and get out of the sport at some point before he fights much past he's when he's supposed to. <laughs> but um, for now, he can enjoy his million, and, okay. and, and I and I hope he does. So congratulations to him. That was not my favorite finish, though. No, it was double Magomed Karimov. They call him Maga Million. Maga Millions. I yeah. like that. Um, and now he's got two of them because he got another milli with another gilly. <laughs> Second second time he won a million with a guillotine choke. Scott Scott bars. I like it. That's me. I write. <laughs> I write like for a living. You know, um, <laughs> they pay me and everything. It's really cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that. That's really. I was a really good uh, finish there. The guillotine to get uh, Sadabusi, which is the second time he's beaten him. By the mm-hmm. way, um, I think that I think they they actually correct me if I'm wrong. Did they? Sp- Split their matchups. Was this a rubber match going in? I can't remember who Magomed Karamov had lost to before. I'm not sure. Oh, I man. couldn't tell you. That's ah, escaping me. It's going to bother me. But um, yeah, that what, one thing I like about him, though, too, is when he won his first one, and they said this on the broadcast, he built a kindergarten in his hometown. Mm. So now they, I think they suggested, oh, now he's got to build a high school. I, my thinking is, no, he's got to go up. He's got to build for the next grades up. So, like, there's the kindergarten. Now he's got to do, like, you know. Elementary one, school. Yeah, one through five or however they're going to split it up, you know. Uh, like my town, they, they do all sorts of weird splits. Like everyone goes into different schools. and They're in, like, two schools by, before they get to middle school. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that would be the way to go. So that's what I hope happens, he, you know, and then he wins next year and then, you know, he's going to go for the middle school mm. and then the high school and then he's got to build the the Maga Millions College, uh, the College of Fighting is what I'm going to assume it's called. OK, I, I like that. What do you <laughs> think? No, he didn't. By the way, I, I was stalling for time here. <laughs> he did not lose to Sadabusi. He lost to Ray Cooper. Uh, the third for uh, the million, uh, the million dollars in 2021. That was that was his okay. lone loss in PFL. He is. And he did have one fight in World Series of Fighting, but we won't count that. If you take away all those fights and you just go with PFL straight up fights, he is sixteen and one in PFL. Hmm. I think he lo- he at one point he didn't win the tournament because he had visa issues, so he couldn't fight. Like this guy already probably could have had three. Minutes. Okay. But he did lose the one of them. Very good fighter. That's why I really would not count him out against Jason Jackson. All right. And that's it, man. That's it for PFL. Not gonna be talking about them probably until April. No, February. February is when they're oh, targeting February. the champion versus champion thing. Okay. And then 
Bellator they want to start in March. Bellator International Championship. Oh. Sorry, you didn't recognize it because My I didn't bad. call it the the, the actual name. I'm sure that was probably foreign to you. What's Bellator? I know Bellator International Champion Series, but not Bellator. That's foreign. It should just be swallowed up. This is, <laughs> this is PFL 1, PFL 2. I mean... Start numbered events. <laughs> they probably should. Um, looking ahead, though, more immediately to this coming weekend, UFC Austin, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, main cards start. This is honestly this this card's cool. I like this card. I think this is a nice good. card. Every, and every time they leave the apex, it's always a decent card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're in Austin. Yeah, awesome. We, well, we know <laughs> we, we know what that means. Austin is a city in Texas, um, and judges in Texas tend to judge in Texas. So we could have that happening. But um, Benil Dariush against Armas Rukian. This is our main event. I like this fight. Good fight. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, 155 pounds. I think the winner of this one probably puts himself in a decent position to maybe get an actual title shot at some point because you know, Darius was so close. Very he was close. so close and he just didn't get there. I still think there's a chance he's going to get there at some point. So he's not that far removed. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I like that fight. That's a good fight. It is a really good fight. I could also see it go in the distance, but I could definitely see it being... Darius brings the violence, man. He ends fights. He does. He's... He does. He does. I mean, he didn't finish Jim Miller, but uh, yeah, he does end fights. <laughs> That's true. Um. Again, we've we've noticed this is Texas judges, so expect a busy show next week, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> we always get one from Texas. Like almost every time they're in Texas, we get one round where it's like, nah, that ain't it, bro. That's not it. That's not the one. So that'll And wasn't Sarukian in it that last one? Was it Sarukian? In Texas? Yeah. Maybe. He might have been. I can't remember. Against Bobby Green. Who no, who, who was at that for Bobby Green? Oh, you're thinking of um this was a couple years ago yeah. with with uh Rafael Fiziev. That's it, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah that was a few bad. years ago. Yeah. Um different people. Different people, yeah. for sure. Uh I, I like a lot of fights on here. The co main event, and I think a lot of people on social media have been talking about this. They're calling it the fight for Fontana. I saw this, yeah. Jalen Turner against Bobby Green. Both of them have ties to Fontana, California. Hmm. Um, but this fight, they're they're saying it's sponsored by me, apparently. Why wouldn't it That's be? what they said. And the winner gets a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. Okay. That will be shipped via uh, probably ground, like USPS ground shipping. Mm. I don't know when it'll get there. I don't know what condition it'll be. I don't know if it'll even get there. I mean, every time I send out these couchside overrides, they never get there. But that's my understanding is there, there are high stakes to get a, a sandwich out of this in the fight for Fontana. Mm. Mm-hmm. Outside of the stupid gimmick I just made up, do you like? Do you like this fight? Yeah, this I is, do. I like it. It's a good fight. I mean, it's not a very short notice. Yeah, it was, um, it was supposed to be Dan Hooker, right? Yeah, Dan Hooker and broke his arm he, or something. Yeah, I think he fractured his like hand or maybe it was his arm in like the same place as last time. Yeah. Um. So Jalen Turner steps in against Bobby Green. Another key hundred fifty five pound fight though. Be a good one. Low, a little lower on the on the totem as far as the stakes, but it winner it, might break top ten potentially for sure. Um. Rob Font against Davis and Figueredo, who's finally going up to 135 where he really ought to be. I like this one a lot. This this should be a main event. I'm not saying it has to be this main event over like that fight, but this could hold up a card. It could for sure. A non-pay-per-view card. 100%. Former champion Davis and Figueredo. I I like this fight a lot. I'm very curious to see what happens here because I don't I don't know if Davidson Figueroa's size, which is which has been a a large asset for him at one forty mm-hmm. one twenty five. I don't know if it carries up to thirty five. Rob Font's not the biggest thirty five, but he's certainly not the smallest, and he's got some really great hands. So I I really like this fight a lot, man. Yeah, we're gonna have a good fight here. Yeah, I know you love Sean Brady. 
Sean Brady and Kelly. And your CFFC Honestly, guys, right? honestly, I don't know if this fight's going to happen. But <laughs> you never you never really um, Kelly Gaston will show up. I yes. don't believe... I mean, right now, I'm, I'm calling it, you know, 50-50. 50-50, we see this fight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If it does happen, though, it's a cool if fight. If it does happen... You know, Kelvin. Kelvin's gonna bring it, but I do expect him to kind of maybe gas a little late. I don't know. Maybe I, mean, late. I don't know. Um, there's only three rounds here. Bra- Brady, that helps. Brady's gonna drown you. Sure. And it is so. 170. He does have to cut the extra weight to get there. So, um, and then on the prelims, I, they, they stuck us on the prelims because it's actually a pretty solid card overall. Mish Tate coming back in the cage against Juliana Avila or Julia Avila, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Back at 135, I think her last fight was the one in Long Island last year. I don't think she's that was 125, then. right? Yeah, it was 125. Mm-hmm. Um, she's back at 35. It, it certainly seemed like at this point, it's like, well, why would I fight at 125 when there's a really clear avenue to yeah, try and get to a title at 135? Sure. She, Misha, even said on camera, like, no one was beating that girl, referring to uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah. So it's kind of a whole, a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. Yeah. With uh. With the, with the changing of the guard hmm. at 135. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe if she's got a title run in her, it's it's probably at 135. Um, Clay Guida's on this card also. Clay Guida, I have him as my contested rounds candidate against uh, Joaquim Silva. See, I, I don't think it's going to go contested. Joaquim, so. Joaquim doesn't make it to the cards, but Clay does. Well, it only needs so, one round contested. Yeah, all right. That's how we that's, do things. That's true. Show. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like Clay's always in these like close rounds. It's not even true. There's a lot of there's a lot of rounds that are like, all right, Clay got it with his wrestling or that kind of mm. thing, you know. Um, but I guess maybe it's stuck in my head the Clay Guida Gray Maynard fight from Atlantic City that I had the displeasure of oh. covering live. <laughs> it is quite possibly the worst fight night main event ever. It really mm. might be. I might have to make you watch that fight with me again because I I keep sometimes I toy with the idea of like we should watch like horrible fights back from the past. Sounds great. <laughs> I know, right? We'll do this one. We'll do we'll do Derek uh, Lewis and Francis Ngannou. Just just go back to these fights and score them and just torture ourselves. <laughs> torture you mostly. That would be torture. Anything else you wanted to highlight? This again, it's a good card. I like this card. Um, I wish more of them were like this. This is a good card. Yeah. Guess we got Puna Heli Soriano's on there too. Yeah, yeah, so Puna's always fun. That should be good. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Dustin Stoltz was. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It yeah. should be good. We'll have fun, Austin. Middleweight, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be an adventure. Every time we get to the cards, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, we'll be back again on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Gonna break down all these fights. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one, and hopefully we'll get some answers, some more, some more answers about what the heck happened with, with that, uh, that that's judging substitution thing. Man, happy to to learn more about this and get that out for our listeners if you have any information. And hopefully nothing that insane happens in in Texas. I uh, no promises, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all. Have a great week. <laughs>